0: Welcome to Kramer says. Kramer says. Be part of the show at Kramer says.com. Interact on Twitter at Kramer SEC.
1: Now, Kramer says. Welcome to the show. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer says podcast. It is, what is it? Monday, January 23rd. It's a very special date. Um uh, Today uh, marks the one-year anniversary of the Canadian trucker convoy, and today our big gu- our guest is Big Red Chris Barber. Uh, let me get into it. I'm going to give you some uh, some props here first, so we can get into it. Uh, you are the, an owner operator, correct? You, yes. You sir. not only own the company, but you also drive for yourself. You're yes, on the road. So I'm, on right the road. I'm on the road. right now. Yes. Um, the timeline of the convoy, for those of you forgotten, is that the convoy departed from Delta, British Columbia, January 23rd, a year ago today. Uh, and arrived in Ottawa on January 30th, and they remained there until February 20th. Now, during that period, uh, the world witnessed, I, I think you would say it, Chris, the world witnessed a ton of heartwarming images of you guys coming together and Canadians uh, being able to come together with one voice. What we also saw and what we also witnessed internationally is a, a tyrannical government that was afraid of its own people and willing to do anything to 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 push them back and put them back under control. Um with that being said, Chris Barber, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Kramer. Glad to be here. You've had a rough year. <laughs> no, it's
0: you know it's it's not been a rough year. It's been it's been a different year. Uh, a lot of stuff has changed in the last twelve months. I guess I never thought I'd be in the back of a police car with handcuffs on and and criminally charged and facing two to ten years in federal prison for my uh, the things. But here we are, twelve months later, and and things are good. We're busy. We're we're staying busy. We're we're playing by the rules.
1: Well, for those of the for those of the audience who don't know your story complete, kind of explain how you got into the situation that you're currently in and what decision, how long you contemplated that decision to take off for Ottawa.
0: Well, I guess it started in October of uh, last year when or the province I live in Saskatchewan adopted the, uh, the COVID vaccine mandate, the card, and we had to show that card in order to get into a restaurant or a movie theater or a gym. I felt that was just... That one burned my ass It was bad enough with the, with the amount of regulations we were dealing with before. and then this one was the topper and uh, and the one that finished it for me was the the mandate for cross-border truckers on the 15th. We've been good enough for the last two years and all of a sudden now we're garbage and we have to we have to fall in line. And for anybody that wants to you know question me unbaxed or baxed, I'm a I was I was vaccinated so I could keep my job and feed my family um but afterwards regretted it and um and yeah a couple guys reached out to me and said we need to do something about this it needs to stop and there the idea went let's go let's go to ottawa so 2500 vehicles later behind me and
1: we had a convoy well you made a you made a um a song from the 1970s real popular again (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i I don't know that song (laughs) breaker breaker one nine yeah Um, so, so you said you took the vaccine. You, you stepped through the steps. Did you did you see this as a continuation of, of tyranny? And and I know that people throw that a term around very loosely today. But when you witnessed what you were going through, did you see any end in sight?
0: I could have. You know, there's so many options that could have been there. We were there peaceful. We just wanted a conversation with our government, but our government didn't want a conversation with us. So. Uh, that's how it kind of escalated, unfortunately. It could have been resolved within the first couple of days, but uh, our prime minister is kind of a divisive person. He is constantly throwing rhetoric at Canadian citizens, trying to find ways to divide us, whether it be by our color, our race, anything. Any, any, And he's done a way to do that with the vaccine, and and people have literally had enough of his rhetoric the last number of years.
1: We got one of those here in the States as well. Yes, you do. <laughs> Okay, well, let's get into it. The rules. Let's talk about the rules tonight. Um, you can talk to us, we can discuss your case. We can go over um, what happened, what led up to uh, everything happening. Um, I want to talk about the event and post event. I think that that's most important for the people. Um, yep. But let's talk about the rules. What can you and what can you not talk about?
0: So, Miss Tamara Leach, which was my counterpart in the thing that I'd met Tamara. Actually, yes. Tomorrow, one year from tomorrow, I met her for the first time. I spoke to her on the phone. She's just a girl that lives about two and a half hours away from where I live. She was the the one that did the website. She did the uh, the Facebook, the GoFundMe, the Gibson Go, the fundraiser. She was part of it. She was the face. She rode in the passenger seat of the legendary Big Red all the way to Ottawa. Um, her and I are facing the same charges, six indictable offenses for mischief, counseling to commit mischief. They throw in a whole bunch of... Uh, Charges on us September 5th is our trial day in Ottawa. It's going to be about a three-week trial. It's, uh, it's, it's a pound of flush kind of a thing. So we, right now, are dealing with that. Um, I've got conditions upon release. My conditions are not as bad as what Tamara's are. Tamara's, Tamara's conditions would make uh, Vladimir Putin very proud. Mine, I'm allowed to be on social media. I'm allowed, to, uh, I'm allowed to talk about it, but I'm not allowed to support another convoy or one in and any protests. So, and I'm not doing that. There's no convoy. There's not going to be a convoy. We're, we're done with that.
1: Well, I, I think the same thing <clears throat> when, when your guys, when the, when the convoy in Canada uh, was coming to its conclusion and they were talking about doing one here, uh, the, the thing that I said at the time was, well, why, what's it going to prove? Unless you're willing to, to do something else, this has been done. It's been proven that the forces are going to come down. It's going to end. Absolutely. No, no, no different than um, kind of what happened on January 6th. With that being said, what's the biggest regret about you have about making this decision?
0: I'd have to say i gotta, I got to be careful how I answer that, that question. Um, it's been a hell of a last year, I guess. Um, well, let's talk about been, the impact
1: on your family. There's got to be regret there with the impact on your family. How's it, how's uh, it going there?
0: My family is very, very supportive. My parents are, are probably my biggest, my wife and my parents, my kids, uh, we're all really tight knit. We we're farm people from central Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, yeah, my parents are, are right beside me the whole way. My wife is standing right beside me. It's, it's probably most hard for my wife. Her husband was, you know, prominent on social media before this, but just in the province of Saskatchewan being kind of a loud mouth and now you know, I get recognized everywhere I go across the country, and, and the phone is busy, very, very busy. I kind of got to give her the chance to, to to catch up and work on our marriage a little bit, I guess.
1: What about uh, friends? Did you lose any friends? I'm sure you gained a ton. I know you've gained one here, but did you lose any during that period?
0: I don't think so. There's been a few that have distanced themselves from me, um, and they, they've done that too when they realize that I'm not standing for the government. You know, you've got your certain population of society that wants to follow government rules and the other that are going to question it right so none that i've missed let's say that
1: so let's get into uh let's get into the event you you leave british columbia uh you you take off it's about a seven day trip what was that like going across the country what was the response there
0: (laughs) at any given time there's like 2500 vehicles behind us. um yeah 25 i think somebody said 25 miles of traffic at some point's People lined the side of the highways, the overpasses, Canadian flags everywhere. There were some towns we had to go through where safety concerns were a must because there was people, you know, like the images of New York City when the troops came home in the 40s. Right. I kind of re- One of the cities, Winnipeg, Manitoba, was that. There was tens of thousands of people in the streets, and you, you had to worry whether somebody got too close to the road. You know, they were standing in the middle of the barricades. It was amazing. Uh, I wish I had a, a GoPro camera that would have recorded it many all the way across it was, were you expecting it was that kind unreal. of out, outreach or a, out,
1: would you were no, you expecting that no nothing no, no. no so you get to you get to Ottawa you've got a, the response from the public is overwhelming you get to Ottawa what was the response there
0: you know it was good the the police led us right to where we parked i I guess is the best way to put it we were constant communication with law enforcement the entire time when we had traffic control at most intersections. We had police escorts. Uh, Ontario police, the provincial police, the OPP were probably the best to deal with. I can honestly say that they led us the entire way. They made sure we were safe. We worked together, and then we got to Ottawa and they just kind of dropped us. They kind of just they shut the line off. They left, however many people kind of sitting outside the city. As you learned in the inquiry in Ottawa, that went on in November. I was subpoenaed to go out there and testify in part of the inquiry and. We had every government agency blaming every government agency. It was, it was kind of funny to watch the fingers being pointed every direction, except for back of themselves. Um, and then it just kind of went from there. We had a prime minister that was an arrogant person and did, it, it called names and did things that, that people in that position shouldn't do. You know, when you're a prime minister, you're leading a country, you should be lead by example.
1: Right.
0: I don't believe he did.
1: Do you think the actions that you guys have taken have opened any eyes in Canada?
0: I believe a lot. Uh, It's divided another certain part of the country, apparently, you know, the ones that that want government control. Um, And it's, it's opened a lot of eyes. I get a lot of messages on social media on a regular basis in support saying that I did a post just last week, just saying, Hey, tell me where you were a year ago and tell me where you are now. And I think I was over last I checked, there was over a thousand comments on it and they were all positive. Just, you know, we, I've got letters from people at home that were ready to take their lives. And because of yep. that, they didn't. And yep. so one life saved, I don't care what, Yeah, that, that's huge.
1: When you start a movement like this, and I think it's interesting, people, um, especially on social media, I get it all the time. Uh, you know, a lot of my content mm-hmm. is about what's going to happen next and and that it requires your your involvement uh, to make sure that it doesn't go any further than what's gone. And people always say the same thing. They, they always say to me, well, nothing's ever going to happen. Chris, tell me what it takes to make something happen. Can one person make a change?
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Uh, I can't tell you how many phone calls i got from good friends saying, you know, why are you even going to bother with this? Nobody's going to do it. You're not going to change anything. Nothing's going to happen with it. And every single one of those people that said that to me phoned them afterwards and apologized and said we were wrong. You know, like, if you want to play that game and you don't think it's going to happen, then sit back and, and nothing's going to happen. But if you want to make something happen, do it. It's there.
1: Well, I liken it to people watching a a small child, a small child drown in a pond and they all stand along the shore and they go, well, I guess he's going to drown. Nobody's going to do anything. Not thinking that there's somebody that they could take action themselves, but they're too unwilling or too scared to do that. So you get, you get into Ottawa. Um, The police have led you to where you're supposed to be. And then they abandon you. Um, What was the next step? Where were you guys, what was your thought process on what the agenda was or what the goal was?
0: The agenda was to meet with the government. We needed to meet with some sort of leader to work out a strategy for the vast majority of Canadians that weren't falling into these regulations and were tired of the mandates, the non-stop mandates, whether they were provincial mandates or federal mandates, somebody needed to stop this. We already knew that, you know, you go and get your COVID vaccine passport, but or your COVID shot, I guess, and uh, you can still get COVID, give COVID, probably die from COVID. I mean, let's face the facts. The statistics this, this aren't, aren't there anymore.
1: Right. <clears throat> And did you did you think that when you when you got there that they would just come out and talk to you and it would be like it is in the movies? Uh, were you that naive or did you did you realize how long did it take you to realize they were going to stonewall you and make you the make you the the, the oppressor?
0: I guess it kind of led up to that. Um, I think I took part in one of the very first, the very first or second news conferences. And then I, I realized my place wasn't really in front of a news conference microphone or speaking in public. My place was, was out walking around the trucks and making sure guys were looked after. And so that's where my job kind of gravitated with. If you were there, you you would see me on the streets, walking and talking to truckers and people making sure all the needs were met. And there was other people up in in that position to look after that. Um, I don't know. I, I we all we, we put it out there so many different times that if, if the government doesn't want to meet with us, then, then give us a liaison, something where we can, you know, we can bring two sets of people together if that makes people more comfortable. And they were still reluctant to do that. So it was a uh, Stonewall. You're right.
1: Well, did they did they did they ever give you anybody to talk to? So no, there was no, no there was never a conversation. It was always our way or the highway. <clears throat>
0: it was the arrogant attitude of the liberal government of Canada. Uh, we had we had politicians sitting in the house of commons. We called the house of commons where our government and, uh, and she basically stood up one day and said, Hey, the horns that are honking outside are an acronym for hail Hitler. Did you hear that one? I saw that one. That's just, that's disgusting rhetoric. That is just absolutely horrible.
1: Well, and what we see time and time Mm -hmm. again, is that the people that do this, which is interesting to me is that I've never seen anyone in history, um, who comes out as the good guy who oppresses others. I've never seen that. I've never seen the the, the, the bad guy wear a white hat. I've never seen yeah. the good guy oppress others. So when right. you start to look at what, what Canada is doing and now what the, the U.S. is doing, especially what we've learned with the Twitter files, is that mm-hmm. a lot of what we've learned over the last two years is what we were saying two years ago is 100% true. We're vindicated. Absolutely.
0: 100%. Now we're just getting
1: through the, the legal system, in particular in your case. So you get to Ottawa. What was the community there? what was, what was the the temperament of the, the the people there were they joyous were they ready to talk yeah they to were through that
0: i never seen anybody within it with was was angry i never did we we there was we bought i don't know how many snow shovels we bought we uh, we slept sidewalks we cleaned garbage um the snow was removed um, somebody handed me a huge bag of wool socks at one point like a big bag and i walked around the city and i handed it up to homeless people they said that there was Homeless people were, were actually turning food away because they were so full. Um, there were so many positives there. It, one thing in Canada what we I don't know if the US has it as bad but it, we're always been raised east versus west so right. Eastern Canada, Ontario in, in Western we're just the hillbillies out there and Quebec is one of the ones that you know kind of they keep everybody separated but one of the big the big points were there was people from Quebec standing on a street corner hugging somebody from Alberta on the western side. And we soon realize that this division has been created over the years by the government it hasn't been right. created by the people because here we are we're all together hand right. in hand canadian flags proud
1: yeah well that's why I, I say that all the time is that you know you see an, an accident um and you run up to the car to help you don't knock on the window and ask who you voted for or who do you support or or look at their bumper stickers on the back end you, you break the windows out and you pull them out and then you ask them <laughs>
0: Exactly, exactly, 100%. percent you got to
1: have your priorities straight. <laughs> um, so let's talk about one, one of the biggest stories that came out of, of this deal, uh, especially when you got to Ottawa, was the number of dollars that had been raised from people across the country, from people in U- the U.S., and as soon as they knew that you had millions of dollars at your disposal and could basically sit there for, for a year if you wanted to, right? Yep. Um they they took action. Talk me through that. What what happened there, and how did you find out what was going on?
0: So the gifts, the GoFundMe was the first one to uh, expose a whole bunch of trouble there. We found out afterwards that GoFundMe was up around the ten million dollars rate. We knew that, but then we found out afterwards through the inquiry and different channels that the the, the, the city police, the city of Ottawa, and the government were working with GoFundMe to have us shut down. They classified this as a terrorist organization, and the funding was terrorist going. You know, they tried everything. We heard the Russian stories. You know, Trump was involved with it. It was just nonstop rhetoric bullshit. Um, then it got into a little bit of civil litigation there with, with GoFundMe, trying to release some of the money. They had ended up giving us a million dollars. It went into a private bank account between Tamara and myself. We had full access to it from, I, I think, February 2nd. It was frozen by the government. They had a court order that came in, million bucks in the bank account, about 400000 in e-transfers, and it was just frozen. So uh, we started the Give, Go through Jacob Wells and his sister, and that went really well. That was up around the $9 million American, I believe. Yep. <clears throat> and then the same thing. The, uh, the government kind of come in and shut it down. But the difference being is Give, Send, Go is in the, in the States, and it's a lot harder to get to for the Canadian government than what it was. And, well, I, saw, uh,
1: I saw that Heather had to go testify as well. Yeah, I see, Jay. G- yep yeah for, the, for the same exact reason, it's, it's interesting to me is that when I, I watched that and it was interesting um, that all they were trying to do was help. I don't think anybody yeah. saw anybody there as criminal except for the government. The government, it was dictating that everybody was a criminal. You're just citizens. Yeah. Did you have any did you have any interest in overthrowing the government? No, not at all. That was exactly. never, never, never an equation. Right. <clears throat> so what happens next with where you are now? Uh, well, let's let's go. I, before I go there, let, let's go back, because because I think that that period was was really showing. We we saw a number of um, horrific images um, okay. during that period, especially <laughs> the last few days of, of what they called the occupation. Um, were you afraid at some point that it was going to get worse, that the government was going to have to to show force to make you guys move? That was the only option they had left.
0: <clears throat> I believe that and that's how it ended. Yeah. Um, so the 17th of February, I was arrested and put in jail. So I missed the, and I was the first arrested. I was the first brutality. I wasn't, brut- I wasn't brutalized myself. I went and sat in a jail cell for a little while. Um, Tamara was arrested then that later evening as well as others. <clears throat> um, and then the trouble started after that, the horses came in and ran a few people over and right um and the pepper spray uh reporters were shot in the face with tear gas canisters it was uh, it was heartbreaking i was released on bail i had to leave the city of ottawa within 24 hours uh, take my family with me and i had three days to exit the province of ontario now if you canada is a big place but ontario is one of our larger our par- provinces and it's it's a good drive across there And it was pretty worrying knowing that we had such a long ways to go. And if I wasn't out of the province within those three days, that I would be rearrested and thrown back in jail. But we made it Mm -hmm. safely, sound across the border. I was never happy to, never so happy to see the province of Manitoba sign. And I'm (laughs) even more happy to see my home province of Saskatchewan to get back home. That's been a long time.
1: Well, did you, when you took off on the 23rd, did you, because see, this is what people don't generally understand is that you can't see the future. But did you, could you have imagined what happened next at any no, point? Never.
0: never in my wildest dreams. I was so scared we'd have, you know, no trucks show up. Um, and then when we got there, the parking lot was full. And then, you know, leaving Medicine Hat, the first city that I pulled out of and led was Medicine Hat and police escort and police traffic control at every intersection and people lining the highway. And, and it, it was it was insane. It was absolutely insane.
1: So... <clears throat> The, the, the issue at play here has always been, you know, COVID-19, and we're seeing more lockdowns potentially down the road. They're, they're talking about, hey, we've got another new round coming up. Um, do you believe that the people of Canada or the people of America, North America, let's call it North America, do you think that it's uh, it's wise for the governments of these nations to continue to push the people the way that they're pushing them?
0: I, I think I think it's it's going down a dark hole. I think a lot of people have their eyes open right now and those you know, I, I've always said that if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to sleep with a mask on, sleep with a mask. I'm not telling you you don't have to wear one. What I'm telling you is that that I should have a choice on that fact. If it's if I know that I'm gonna make somebody sick, then I'll put the darn mask on. But tell me when you walk into a restaurant that you have to wear your mask to a table, but when you sit down at that table, you could take your mask off and magically the COVID disappears. It's bullshit.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Well, and that, that's what we said from the beginning is you, if you remember my content during then was I was showing the science, right? Here's what, here's the masks don't work. They do not do what you what you expect them to do. They're never going to do what you expect them to do. Yep. Even if you put it on an N95 mask, the 95 stands for 90 95% effective against dust and particles. Yep. Vaccines are not mentioned. So that's how we kind of knew that something was up. Now I'm going to go down the conspiratorial thing here for a minute and, and then we'll <laughs> jump back in, but it seems more and more, Biden, Trudeau and a a number of other leaders around the globe uh, take their marching orders out of Davos.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you see that they're doing it this year when you're watching the reports coming out of Davos right now.
1: So does that does that upset you as a Canadian that your vote really doesn't count because somebody in Davos, Klaus Schwab or whoever else is directing your government and government officials as to what you're allowed to do?
0: I guess what upsets me more is that my government, the ones that are responsible for my well-being, has sold my country out to somebody like Claude Schwab. I, uh, I'm more angry at that fact right there.
1: It, well, it made a lot of sense. When everything started to happen, it was kind of like, wh- where's all this going? You know, wh- what's, what's going to happen? Uh, and we were all trying to figure it out. And um, what I find interesting about that period was we were so blind. And then suddenly, I'm in marketing, and I started to see... I started to see marketing tactics being used. I go, whoa, 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 this isn't right. And the first question I asked was, and this is the first time I got kicked off of social media, was where's the approval? You cannot advertise these products without approval. And they were, and here in the U.S. at least, um, they they were advertising the product without approval. And I said, well, you can't do this. Well, we're not advertising it. Pfizer never advertised it. BioNTech, none of these guys ever advertised it. It was Budweiser. It was the mayor of New York. Everybody else played as the promotional arm for a drug they couldn't advertise because of U.S. law. So getting in from that right back to, to you guys, your charter is similar, but very different than our Constitution. Kind of explain for especially our American viewers um, the differences and, and how that helped and how that hurt you guys in Canada.
0: Well, our charter rates have been violated 100 percent when it comes to what happened there. Um, I can't get into the, what, what the differences between the two charters are between the U S or Canada. I'm not, I'm not well up on that. I know our right to protest was violated. Um, civil, you know, the civil disobedience, um, there's a certain, you're allowed to have that. And that was all smashed when, um, when the police come in and they, they geared these officers up. If you look at some of the, some of the reports that came out, they geared these officers up. They were like, they riled them up thinking, you know, we're going to go put some boots in and, you know, stomp some foreheads in on these people. They're, they're being really bad people. And when they hit the ground, they were ready to fly. And And it happened towards the end. I can tell you honestly that I never met a bad officer. Everyone that I met, I dealt well with. I worked with them on a daily basis. They were awesome and good to deal with people. But the people they brought in at the end were, were different. There's always the conspiracy stories, right? Remember right. The, the UN planes were parked within three hours away, and then all of a sudden there's Some officers showed up that didn't speak very good English, you know, and they were missing their badge numbers and their credentials off their uniforms. So tell us about that. I don't know. That's never came out. There's been conspiracy theories about that from day one, but it's a sad state.
1: Well, did you think at any point, I mean, on your drive out there that when you got there, that again, you were going to be the enemy?
0: No, no, absolutely not. Judging by what was going on on the way there. That was the bad thing. And it's pretty disheartening when you get when you're you know you're called the names. What did Trudeau call us? Uh, the small fringe minority and a bunch of Canadians with unacceptable views. I mean, he called us names the entire and used the media against us. So.
1: Well, when he spoke French, he really mm-hmm. tore into you guys. In yeah, English, in English he'd do it one way, but in French, man, he really tore into you guys because a lot of the Americans weren't understanding a lot was going on, and then we get the mm-hmm. translation go whoa 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 where'd that come from.
0: And then you get to the inquiry where he was under oath and and, and it honestly said that he didn't call anybody any names. So yep. I don't know what happens when you lie under oath, but if I did it, well, it's they're, God's they're, story.
1: They're, I think the rules are different for them, right? We, well, that's what we've learned over the last three years that the rules are different. Which brings me to you know to this question here. We we've got a situation now to where at least here in the U.S. and I don't know how bad it is in Canada, but two years previous we had Antifa and black lives matter in the streets like crazy. Yeah. And you'd see the police out there. Um, I think this is just my personal opinion, but I think a lot of these police, um, thought that it was going to be the same kind of deal, uh, both at January 6th and, and with, with the, the the convoy. And I'm not trying to conflate those issues. I'm just, just saying yeah. that they're they're, 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 similar type situations for protest, true protest, yeah. right? Um, where you guys didn't have any buildings burned down. There was no rioting. There was no looting. There was no homicide. There was not any of the issue that we saw in the previous two years with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Okay. So we know that the rules are different because we have one bad day. You guys have three weeks that you say, okay, we're done. And I, and I think the difference is here and, and see if you believe this is, is the fact as well, that Antifa and Black Lives Matter are made up basically of kids, January 6th, and the convoy was made up of grown adults yeah. that the gray beards is what I call them that aren't going to put yeah. up with bullshit. Do you think that's what scared him most? That it wasn't just a bunch of kids anymore. It was able-bodied yeah. men.
0: You're going after your blue collar workers. Um, we had to deal with Antifa on a daily basis in Ottawa. There was the uh, they, they, <laughs> we had watch groups set up within the trucks and it's funny that those people were never arrested, but vandalism to trucks and you know, the black hoodies, you name it. Um, yeah. they were there, they were there in full force and we had to pretty much patrol ourselves and have watch groups because the, the, they didn't seem like there was anybody worried about what their activities were.
1: What do you see next for Canada? What do you see based on what's currently going on? If nothing changes, if Trudeau is not replaced, um, through the elections. Cause I, my understanding is he's, he's gotten what another two to three years before he has to hold elections.
0: Yeah. It's at least another year, two, two and a half years, I would imagine. Yeah. 2025, I believe. So yeah. he's got them. They've got, he's introducing the gun bill, right? So now they've taken our handguns away from us. They're taking our semi-automatic rifles away from us already, and that's, this is already happening. So if you own a pistol or a, an AR style rifle, um, Magazines now are illegal. You're not allowed to transfer those. So you're not allowed to sell those. Uh, Prince Edward Island, I believe the, the the local law enforcement have started going door to door, rounding up people's guns. I, I, I heard that. I've heard that rumor a few times already. It's coming to the rest of Canada. Uh, it's just a matter of time. Uh, Bolt action rifles are about the only thing that, that is safe at this time right now. You know, your 12 gauge semi-automatic shotgun. Gone. Gone. Yeah, if you have one, you're not a criminal.
1: Well, again, 1022. Before before the uh, before the um, we we got into this, I I was talking to Chris about uh, the story coming out of L.A. where the sheriff in L.A. uh, is now calling pistols, semi-automatic pistols, assault pistols. They try to demonize everything, and the reason is, and this is my this my again my my view, is that an an armed society is so much easier to 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 push down and oppress. And we haven't seen anything coming out of these guys, Canada or otherwise, that leads us to believe that that's not what it is, that it's something else, that they're actually doing this in our own best interest. Um, let, let's touch on that for a bit. Uh, the, the the convoy wraps up. You're all headed home. What happened next? When were you alerted to what happens next and all the charges coming down? Or was that all done when you were arrested? Or did they just uh, we, keep it on?
0: It was, uh, I believe I started off with four charges. It was a few weeks later. I was out trucking. Actually, I was in the state of Washington, and I, I got a phone call from the lawyer saying, you're about to be charged with a couple more counts. So I was nervous. I thought, well, do I just stay in Washington? <laughs> yeah, don't go home. <laughs> no. Come on now. Work with me. You know, you're, you're a little nervous, and I wasn't being rearrested. Really arrested It was just charges, so... Uh, Tamara was charged with the same thing. This is going to be the year of the trials, unfortunately. There's a ton of trials. There's about 50 or 60 different trials with different truckers that were arrested that they're slowly going through the process. I believe that Tamara and I will be the last of the trials, judging by the date. Um, we're getting close to Canada has a two-year limit on what, what they can do for trial. Um, I do have a charter challenge coming up in February 16th, 17th, I believe. When uh, When I was arrested, they took my cell phone. And they got a warrant. They broke into the cell phone. And most of the time, they just take the information that they want off that cell phone. But in this case, they they pretty much opened it like a book and released it to the courts. And the courts released it to the media. And uh, my, my, my personal life was right on full display. Conversations with my ex-wife, my children, my wife, my family, business customers, emails from business customers, you know, like not the why stuff you, that. Well, why do you think yeah. they did that?
1: What was the purpose and of doing
0: that? Embarrassment, embarrassment. But they violated the charter right when they did that too. And in those conversations were lawyer conversations on text message with my two active lawyers, Keith Wilson and Eva Chippia, which are still here to this day. They're still with us. They're still walking with us. They're amazing people. Tamara and I have regular contact through these people, which is, you know, God sends you, you know, they, they were put in our path and, and they're still here for that awesome reason. So so the charter challenge is sixteen seventeenth, where you know. There's some civil rights that were violated within my charter rights. So we're going to see what happens with the courts there. I think it's a 16th, 17th is when trial set for what are you expecting?
1: What are your lawyers expecting? Are they? I mean, it's clear cut what they did. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I looked at the evidence and the disclosure. It's right there. Um, yeah. They're, you know, you're not allowed as a crown prosecutor to look at your text messages between your lawyer and yourself. It's it's that's one of the biggest ones right there. I believe, is it not?
1: Yeah, well, they did the same thing with Trump. Here, again, what we're seeing internationally are the, are the rules are being broken. Um, yeah. you know, We've got a constitution, I've, I've been saying it, and, and your charter is no different. Your charter, regardless of what it says, is no different than our constitution. It only has the strength that the, we, the people, give it. Sure. And, and people get really antsy when you start saying that. Well, what does that mean? Well, what that means is that, and I know in the constitution, don't know about the charter, but in the constitution, we have the authority to remove our government. Yep. It's a process. We can do it. We don't need their permission. They serve at our pleasure. We are, we, the people are the ones who, uh, you know, make everything happen in this country. I don't know why the elites think that they have some authority or otherwise. And what it comes down to me, and again, I, I say this time and time again in my podcast, life, Chris, has not changed since seventh or eighth grade. It hasn't changed at all. The nope. people are the same. The bullies, they didn't stop being bullies. No. Right. And then you've got the two people that I always that I've through my career, I've realized the most dangerous people are bullies who never grew out of it. Didn't realize what they were doing. And nerds or geeks who were always bullied and so on, who finally get into a position of power. Those two people are the most dangerous people. And we're seeing a lot of it. So I can't remember her name. Who was a lady who uh, was the spokesperson during the convoy?
0: That would be Tamara Leach.
1: No, not not for your side. For the government, she was the one. We'll shut you down. We've got your bank account, Christina Freeland. Yeah, let's get into her for a bit because she's had. <laughs> um, if you can talk about it, if you can talk about it, um, she comes across as about mm-hmm. as as um, tyrannical as the the uh, the recent um, PM of New Zealand.
0: Absolutely. Same kind of deal
1: for taking people's rights and 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 and. So, so let's talk about that. Was that something that fueled what you guys were doing or did you laugh about it?
0: Well, I think we essentially laughed a bit about it. Um, watching, watching them call the emergencies acting into place. We were in a hotel room watching this live stream of Justin Trudeau and you can see little Freeland standing beside him. She was, it was like a bobble doll. I'm not sure somebody didn't make a bobble doll ever. She had a mask on and you could see her hyperventilating. She was, disturbed she was very upset i don't know if she was nervous or she knew the you know what what, what they were about to do to to canadians in, in in the country of a free country she's very divisive she's uh and her rhetoric is not a lot different than, than prime minister trudeau's really it's all about divide and conquer
1: do you see with her staying in power with trudeau staying in power with the, the current mp staying in power do you see anything changing at all with them do you think that they'll no. see the light one day? No,
0: no okay, I don't you, think they will.
1: I can't remember the gentleman's name. He's the new um, he's the new leader. Here, Paul, yes, yes. Um, talk about what he's been saying and, and what kind of have you been in conversation with his team or anybody in the party for help or assistance?
0: we we really we have, I've been re- a few parties have reached out and had conversation with me about joining forces but we we really tried to keep it non-partisan we didn't really want the politicians involved in it because of the reason why we're here in the first place right um, i'm a conservative I, I support the the conservative party of canada i like pierre Polyev, i think he's got a, a voice on him and he is argumentative and he's he's quick-witted on the floor He's very he really kind of yeah. He's he's really good. I, I really yeah. I've enjoyed his 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 politics for quite some time. And I think he'll do a really good job. I'd like to see him go a little farther and stand behind the country instead of some of the policies that have been placed. Um, but he is our best hope to get away from the current administration. It is it's coming? Uh, there's rumors of Trudeau calling an election in the. In the spring, apparently, I don't, I don't see that. I, I see in twenty three or
1: twenty four. Tw-
0: twenty three is the is wow. the rumor. He would call a snap election in the spring. That is a rumor right now. I can't see Trudeau even being that silly because enough people in this country. I think his his polling must be down around that sixteen seventeen percent right now amongst Can- Canadians. So he's going to have to need a lot of help in order to get back into well, power. if that,
1: well, not necessarily. <clears throat> I mean, you, you you watch the 2020 elections in the states, right? And you watch the 22 yeah. elections in Nevada and Arizona. So yeah, the, the, the poll numbers don't matter anymore. No. It's just who shows up, you know, the week before, the month before uh, election or seven days after. It, it really doesn't matter anymore. Um, it's the mail-in ballots, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll just, just count them. Yeah, that's what I do when I when I have a big sum of cash that I want to send from one part of the country to the other part. I'm totally trusting in the postal service to get the yeah. get here safely.
0: So what we we don't now, have the Dominion uh, we don't have the Dominion voting system in Canada. I don't believe
1: so. Well, no, you know. have the other ones. They're all offshoots. So there's only three or four in the whole country or the whole world that do it, um, and they're all owned by the same group of people. So you know, I mean, yeah. it only goes to figure. Uh, So, so what's next? Talk, talk about, let's go through between now and the trial and then post-trial. Do you have an appeal process? If there is an appeal process, can you stay out or do you have to serve time while you're going through the appeal? Walk us through that. Usually mischief and
0: the charges we're charged with are usually a a summary offense. It usually carries, you know, uh, probation, something like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas when they change it to a an, an indictable offense that means you know hard more, more harsher sentences so we've got good lawyers we've got legal counsel we've got a really strong case um they've got a lot of it, it, it's going to be an interesting story for the next little while it depends on the charter challenges coming up next when next month um tamara, tamara and i
1: will those charter challenges will they change any of the charges for you or or was anything get dropped or is it just well, you're challenging what they've done with your private information
0: Yes, so yeah, there's a possibility of the charges being thrown out if, uh, if it's found to be guilty. There's, there's a really good chance of that. And then set up the case for later on with, with civil litigation and that. So we'll see. Um, Tamara and I are in constant communication via lawyers. We're not allowed to have contact. Um, so we have to have legal counsel present whenever we're around. We have a, an organization called Freedom Corp, which is the entity that has the money that's in escrow. So in the escrow right now, is approximately $5 million is still left, which includes the $1.4 million that was in Tamara's bank account. There's a Canadian company called Stripe that is the payment processing company that takes the money out of your bank account and puts it into the yep. and goes. There was approximately $3.7 million trapped in that company when the freezes came out. So that money didn't get put back to the people. So right now, Tamara and I, as well as other board members and anybody that, that was recognized on the streets of Ottawa, have a four hundred million dollar lawsuit, civil lawsuit against us right now for damages against the city of Ottawa. That I believe tomorrow there's a court case about that. We have a lawyer going up against it in regards to us. Um, I wish them all the luck. Hopefully that's good. And then once that is dealt with, the Ottawa attorney or Ontario Attorney General's office has a four million dollar lawsuit against Miss Litch and myself
1: personally. It's all about the money. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yep. Well, that, that's what I've said. You know, again, my content is about basically um, two things. Um, your rights, right? You're right. Um, and trying to get people to have enough courage to stand up and defend them because the constitution, yep. the charter, it it's a piece of paper. It means mm-hmm. nothing unless people are willing to do the things that it takes to defend those. Um, and so um, I, I think that what people have to start realizing is that the power behind what we do uh, is our voice. And if yes. you don't raise your voice, again, seventh, eighth grade, those tactics come into play because if the bully can make you do something and you don't stand up against the bully, well, the bully's going to keep doing what they're going to do. And Absolutely. what's really to me is, and what you've probably seen a lot of this as well, is that the people that surround the bully, the people that give the bully his power or perceived power, right? Um, they feel the freedom to start really speaking freely. Are you seeing a lot of that in Canada where people that you thought were just nonchalant, you know, easy go, easy come, easy go people are all of a sudden the most vitriolic evil people you've ever heard of. Have you read yeah. that? Yeah, I see that get-
0: on a regular regular basis. I see that. There's some people within the organization that were standing on the ground with us that have, that have kind of did a turncoat on us and now are 100% against us. And I believe it's just, yeah, people have lost the reason why we were there in the first place, I would imagine. There's a few other things. Did you know that we have a, a certain gentleman in, in Canada, Jeremy McKenzie? He's a he's a war veteran. He's an army Veteran in this country, he's called the raging dissident. He was the man behind the fake diagonal. Do you remember hearing that story? No. The the, the meme country. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons why the federal government you know the Emergencies act because of this. Jeremy McKenzie drew a line on the map of the North America from uh, Vancouver from B- BC down through Texas, and yeah. it was a white stripe. So he called it diagonal. And the the leader of Diagalon is a fictitious goat figure that has a opioid addiction. Like It's so far-fetched, it's not funny. But the Canadian government, the, they latched onto the story as it was full of extremists. And these were the people that were in Ottawa and they were going to try to overthrow the government. Well, then we heard about this in the inquiry. It was nonstop. So Jeremy's got a, a podcast and he's very vocal on social media. He's been since cancelled by a Canadian banking system. They have revoked his bank accounts and all of his loans because he is not for the establishment. Yeah. Tamara Leach has lost her PayPal account because she's not for the establishment. I was selling big red hoodies. My truck, as a, an artist, did a cartoon version of, of my semi, a beautiful, and all it had was freedom and a cartoon version on a hoodie. We were selling those, and and Square has cancelled my account for security reasons. like we keep digging up more more of this stuff and more bringing more of this corruption to light And i think that's the thing that's the most surprising thing it's still going on 12 months later
1: well that's what we see though is that and again it's all intertwined when when you take back what trudeau is doing when you take when you take a look at what biden is doing when you take a look at what the democratic party is doing when you take a look at what the liberal party is doing in canada they're following a narrative that and again i hate to say this because it sounds it sounds so put your tinfoil hat on it's coming out of davos they're not listening to we the people anymore they couldn't give two shits about what we do or what we want or what we have to say their marching orders are coming out of davos um, and they're not even hiding it. They're no, not hiding it it's at all. Plain. Well, I, again, do I? I don't have it down here. I, I've been reading Klaus Schwab's Great Reset again. I, I wanted to yeah. go back and uh, you know familiarize myself with what he what he claimed in 2020. Uh, and it's amazing that in the introduction of the book, and I'd forgotten this, in the introduction of the book, he basically says, "Yeah, uh, states capital S have been doing this since the 1300s." They've been using biological warfare to shut people down and using it as an excuse to take power, take authority. Uh, and the more that we see that, a, and this is me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant here for a moment, but the more that we see, and you touched on it earlier, the the catalyst for all of this was a flu that came out of China. Mm, yep. We know that for sure now, right? That's where it came from. No answer for butts. the The flu was a flu. If you were sick already, there's a good chance you could die. Um, it was bad, bad flu, but not as bad as SARS. Oh, Kramer, oh. you know what you're talking about. Yep, yep. New article just came out today stating that hospitals deliberately, deliberately hid the cause, true cause of death and said COVID to drive up the COVID pandemic. New article came out today. We're finding that the Fauci files are going to drop all of this information and tell us exactly what happened, that everything was about control. So what we look at and we've started to really dive into is that this globalism thing isn't just our governments. It's our corporations as well. So you've got there Stripe, is. you've got, um, um, um uh, GoFund, square. square. Yep. They all jumped yep. in Why? because they're all controlled through ESG by BlackRock, State Street and Vanguard or other large companies. Large, and Canada has their own group. So in our country, yep. it's, it's those three organizations. They own the controlling factor in all of these companies and all of these entities. So when they say, Hey, we don't want that dude talking this way. Yep. They, they try to attack you the best way they can. Now, again, what do you think? And I, I don't know if you saw the video that I did uh, about a year ago, but I said they should have waited a generation. They should have waited until my youngest son was my age. By that time, all the graybeards are gone. All the boomers are gone. All the Gen Xers, all of those, those of us that were raised with civics, understand our rights, and, and have the balls to stand up for them are going to be gone. They jumped the gun. They they wanted to do it one generation too early. Would you agree with that? That it's going to be the gray beards, and it's going to be those of us who understand our rights and and know that it's it's better to give everything um, for your rights than to take a knee again.
0: One hundred percent, I agree with you. Um, the only difference is that I've raised my son, my nineteen year old son, along the same lines as myself. So yeah, uh, he fought the COVID vaccine from day one. He said, "I've got a healthy immune system, Dad. There's no need for me to take this." Uh, on our way to Ottawa I had the I had the covid I had omicron virus and I spent a week with him inside a truck cab this 19 year old kid that never had a vaccine in him I and I had and he never got covid yeah <laughs> never yep. still hasn't two three years later he's still covid free
1: yeah. yeah i'm I, I didn't get the vaccine my wife didn't get it my kids didn't get it um and and they're I, same here my my boys are my my boys get it they 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 are um they're much more aligned with 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 our thinking than their their peers currently. Um, my son went to IU and and it was terrible. He hated it because during that period he was still in school when all this was going on, and luckily got out right as the mandates went in. That's when he grad right as the mandates went in to to go back to school. He'd already grad he just graduated then. So, um, what do you see for the future? Do do you see? um And this is just anecdotal, but you talk to your friends, you talk to the people in your community, and I know that everybody wants to come up to you and talk to you and say, hey, listen, we appreciate what you did, but do you think it's growing or do you think it's just a thank you and then they're going to move on and go about their lives? Do you think that, and I don't want you, you're not going to promote anything here, but what's the likelihood of Canadians saying, listen, we're done with this?
0: I think the Canadians are going to move on to the next thing. I think that the trucks were the first, the catalyst. I think now it is more of a freedom movement that's going to move forward. I think a lot of people are excited for the time when Tamara and I can speak openly and freely again, and we will someday. Um, they're waiting, and they're, I hear from a lot of people on a regular basis, we're getting back to that point where people are they are getting tired of it. Their eyes are open, and every day something happens. You know, Jeremy McKenzie's bank accounts are shut down. That, that's going to piss a certain part of the population off. Um, The hoodie sales, like a cartoon version. It opens more people's eyes and I think it just continues that. Tamara and I are still involved with Freedom Corp quite heavily. Even though we have conditions against each other, we have to do everything through the lawyers. We're taking part in, we were at an event last week in Calgary, her and I, the lawyers, and the rest of the Freedom Corp board. um, We had our board meetings and and talked about the future. And and moving forward, were, we're foundation is there if we have access to the funds again, after the lawsuits and everything, we intend on, on using those to help people in legal battles going forward that are being prosecuted for the wrong reasons. Right now the government can take you and charge you for whatever the hell they want. And you'll pretty much go broke trying to fight yourself right. and they've got endless funds. So why is that? We need to maybe change the way that's done.
1: Well, I, I think that the government comes in and takes, I, I think that they should pay for everything until they prove that you're guilty. 100%. Right? And not, and not, public public defenders but the best of the best i i think okay. that you should be able to have johnny cochran or or whoever i was the reason i'm saying that johnny cochran i know he's dead um but <laughs> we we're, were watching uh my wife and i were watching the oj simpson thing this afternoon his name popped up um so let me let me ask you this uh, what is something that people can do today both um americans and canadians uh to help with your cause I guess it's keeping their eyes open
0: is the big thing and not letting things pass. You know, like there's so many people that are hitting the trials right now and people need to keep their eyes open. Um, at any given time, you know, anyone can be arrested and thrown back in jail. Um, and a lot of people remain sleeping, keep opening your eyes and keep watching what's going on around you. And eventually we'll get to everybody. I've seen so many people wake up. Mind blowing to see the peoples and the stories that I've heard. And uh, we just need to continue that. You, you can't uh, you can't let your guard down because these guys are still walking around. They're, they're walking around us and amongst us.
1: Is there a uh, website or someplace that people can go find out more about the trial, where, what mm-hmm. your status is, or keep up to date with you guys besides social media?
0: Well, let's just say we've got a Freedom Corp. Uh, Facebook page, uh, that's that's about it right now. We're working on a website. We actually, just in our discussions last week with our first annual board meeting, I guess, we talked about a, a website and um, fundraising path forward, getting our names back out there, introducing everybody to the people on the board. There's, I think, six or seven members in there, as well as the lawyers that have been there right from day one. So, we're out doing events. I'll be in Lloydminster, Lloydminster Alberta, here on the February 9th for uh, Theo Fleury, our, our Olympic gold star's uh, medalist, Theo Fleury, Jamie Soleil, and Canadians for Truth, along with Joseph Burgo. He was an adamant part of Ottawa. He was there with us the whole time, started this organization, and we're all kind of helping him grow with us now. It's a the news. They're getting out the news, and they're doing a lot of stories on, on vaccine injuries, on different things that are going on, and just stuff that people need to keep their eye on.
1: And what about you? Um, um, speaking of vaccine injury, you said you've taken the vaccine. Have you mm-hmm. noticed any side effects or any issues or anything you're concerned about?
0: Nothing that I've, I've had myocarditis, myocarditis about 15 years ago. So maybe I got the saline shot, who knows? Um, my father got the second dose and his gallbladder quit working. And before that, he was pushing it pretty hard. You know, Chris, you need yeah. to get your vaccine and be safe. And, and after that, watching my, you know, he was 68 years old in the time. And I watched him age really, really fast in a matter of six months to the point where he shuffles when he walks now.
1: Yeah. Well, and, my, uh, my, my dad got his and three weeks later was dead. No, sorry, got his booster. Man. Got his, his his booster, and I, I warned him. I warned him. I warned him. But you know, I'm just the kid. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. trying to do the best thing possible. Uh, where can um, oh, I'm sorry. What, what I meant to say is, um, there there was a ton of people uh, throughout the last year that is, has given you a lot of help. Is there anybody you'd like to take the opportunity to thank at this point?
0: Oh, my lawyers, my family, my lawyers, Keith Wilson, Eva Chipiak, those two, you know, the, the JCCF, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, they, they got a hold of us early in there when they realized there was a lot of money and that we needed some help. And we chartered a plane and we flew a bunch of lawyers out. They flew a bunch of lawyers out to Ottawa and helped us. They flew, I think there was five lawyers when they touched down. The two that remained were Eva Chipiak and Keith Wilson, and they're still with us today. I mean, I can't shout out to those guys enough for what they've done. I can consider them personal friends. Now we, you know, we, we share alcohol at a party or we, we, it's the good stuff. These are the good people that we've met over the last while. My family has been right behind me a hundred percent. My wife, that's the, that's the saving grace right there, man. As long as you got friends around you, it doesn't matter what happens.
1: I agree with you, man. I agree with you again. Uh, we've been talking to Chris Barber. Chris is known as big red in Canada. um, Very instrumental in uh, the 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 convoy and now paying the price for demanding freedom. Chris, is there anything you want to say in closing? Keep your stick on the ice, I guess. That's my saying on TikTok all the time. <laughs> Seems
0: to <laughs> piss the liberals off just a little bit. You stole that from Don Cherry. No, I didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I got to wrap it up as for us. Uh, unless you've got anything else to say, that, that pretty much does it for me
0: should be good no it's been a pleasure being on your theater kramer it's good to finally see you face to face on the screen here.
1: you as well man I, I watched what you did and I, I told my wife tonight i said um um kim sent me a message saying that you were excited to do this And i said you're excited i'm excited i'm a talker you're a doer you actually did what we talk about uh and so uh, i i live in your shadow man i really do with that being said well Go you ahead. know go ahead. there's there's one they like Kim is the one that needs a
0: shout out. Kim is the one that's been instrumental behind the big red hoodie. She's made the website, she's done all the marketing, she's done this woman she's amazing. You know her, I know yeah. her well.
1: Great lady. Um she's a huge
0: she's a huge and she's listening right now, so yeah. she's probably blushing a little bit which she deserves <laughs> it. So
1: <laughs> Well, you you got to give everybody a pat on the back and say thanks for those because without them you can't do it. 100%. Every, no. There we go. 100%. Everybody, this is Kramer Says Podcast. My name is Kramer. We will be back tomorrow or as soon as we can. Get more
0: at KramerSays.com. KramerS-E-Z.com.